everybody, and welcome to another episode of Getting Hammered. I'm your host, Mary Catherine Ham. I am here with Vic Mattis, an editor at the Free Beacon, and a co-host of the Sub Beacon, which you can find on Patreon, and you should. Hello, Mary Catherine. <laughs> Happy New Year. Oh, thank you so much. Yes, I was uh, at a coffee shop this morning. And I mean, I think it's February now, but it, well, this nonetheless. Are you ready? Oh, so, yes. My cultural ignorance How is showing. Dare, I'm triggered twice now. So the first time was this uh, morning. I'm on my way out. I get a, I had like a coffee. And this woman behind the counter, Asian, oh, maybe she's Chinese. I don't know. So she says to me, do you celebrate New Year's? And I was like, yeah, a month ago. Maybe. What are you talking about? <laughs> and she's looking at me. I go, yeah. And I'm there with my father-in-law, who's right. 100% Irish, by the way. And he's standing next to me. I'm just looking at her. I'm like, uh, uh. Sure. Uh, oh, oh, wait. Oh, yes. Yes, today. When? Is it today? Lunar? Lunar New Year? Oh, and I said, I'm sorry. You know, I'm only a quarter Chinese. And she said, she goes, oh, well, that's enough. I said, yeah, well, Happy New Year. I said, Happy Lunar New Year. So Happy Lunar should, New what, Year. What you should have said was, what would not be enough, huh? I <laughs> A tenth. <laughs> a tenth would not be. If a tenth is possible. So uh, so happy new year to yeah. our, our listeners who celebrate that. The year of the tiger. Is that? See, I didn't even know that. That's I didn't funny. even know that. I it, just found that out last night. I can't quite well, really know better, these things. It's better than me. It's not like the time. And also, you know, I joke about being triggered. It's not like the time uh, many, many years ago when I was at a, a restaurant, a Chinese restaurant in New Jersey called Golden Gate. And I was at the buffet. And while I was at, at the buffet, yes. Uh, a customer is next to me, and he goes, oh, they let you take a lunch break too, huh? <laughs> and I was like, uh, what? So anyway, uh, that, that's, that's what's going on with me. Happy New Year. And what is going on with you? Uh, not much. I have a, I have a related story. Uh, oh, good. Which is that my, my husband was once, for one brief, beautiful moment at a Japanese steakhouse during the lunch hour, a cook at the Japanese oh. steakhouse. <laughs> And he said that the looks on the family's faces when he walked up to the grill were underwhelmed. Yes, underwhelmed. deflated. They, they don't want no. the white guy chef. That's no. <laughs> so explain. Was he doing a hibachi thing? He was. He worked. Oh, come on. He started out washing dishes, and he worked his way up as a teenager. Because it would be discrimination, technically, to say that, you know, you can't get promoted to this because it's strictly for those of Japanese blood. Well, and of, of course, Korean. and it wasn't mm. actually yes. just Japanese people, obviously. There were yeah. people of yeah. many Asian heritages uh, sure. who cooked at this. But uh, Steve was deemed not a great pick for this. this but he so said, I, but he amazing. was like, he was like, so I, amazing. I got what it takes, guys. Let me out there. So he's, he started out, I think he started out, you know hosting and washing dishes and such and then he ended up grill cleaning for a while you know the way they squirt yeah, yeah, the thing yeah, sure. and they, they, and they yeah they use the yeah, snow yeah, plow thing yeah. he did that for a while and then he worked his way up to being a chef and he did some trick he knows how to he do some how tricks. To do tricks with knives he does some tricks with the egg and the and the stuff. I'm, I'm probably My onion respect. volcano onion volcano I am not yes that's right uh, the, the peeing the kid that pees yeah. into the volcano <laughs> I'm not doing the story justice this actually was the first story that he told me on our first date, and I thought, this guy's got promise. You know what? <laughs> I would have married him right there on the spot. I mean, not, not me as me, I'm saying, but, uh, you know, I mean, it was just like, I, I'd be in awe. You I know, would be in awe. He he earned that spot. He's living the dream. But some some families were not excited I, about their, their lavish outing to the Japanese steakhouse in North Carolina, finding their chef to be 
Steve, Steve, the chef. Um, did, they, did they actually say something, or was it just a look? No, it was on more their of faces? a more of a oh. look. More of a look. It's funny. The last time I was at one of these places, it, the place is now closed. It's up in Jersey, and the, the I, can, I don't know. Maybe the chef is Korean Japanese. I'm not sure, but he has a name tag, and his name is Jeff. And I have a, a, a brother-in-law who's Dutch. And the Dutch are very, they're very direct people. They don't mince yes. words. They don't, min, you know, they just get right to the point. And so he asked him, he goes, oh, what's your name? And the guy goes, uh, Jeff. And my brother-in-law goes, no, 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 your real name. Your real name. <laughs> I said, wow. Oh, wow. I said, nope. oh, got to go. Anyway, happy Lunar New Year to Thank everybody. Thank you. Yes, happy Lunar. <laughs> uh, we went out to uh, a ski resort this weekend. Everybody's going skiing. Well, I am not a great skier. I'm. I, it's I've a, never. It's a skill that I attempted to acquire too late in life, when the the pain was too high and the 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 benefit too low. They say for this. Me. They say this because it's harder when you're. Ooh. So, how old were you when you started? I was about 26 when I tried it for uh-huh. the first time, and uh-huh. I am a if I may, fairly athletic person with coordination. But this is a skill that really you benefit from getting it when you're young. And uh, the the pain of the falling and the costs that you pay for that per fall really go up, even by the mid-20s. And so I, I have tried occasionally in nice places too, Durango, Colorado, with a bunch of powder, fresh powder, as they say, Ooh. and uh, Breckenridge, Colorado, but wow. I'm a real amateur, so I don't. I'm not really yeah. hyped to go skiing all the time. But we went to go snow tubing, which is another just like a kid activity. Yes. It's oh, basically sledding, but with a high high tube. velocity, yes. real real sledding on that's a on a sort of a, a ski slope, bunny slope type thing. Uh, so we went out there for that. It was nighttime, and it was 19 degrees with a giant wind. Yikes! <laughs> and I. Prepared as always, as you know, Vic, uh, was out there. My southern ass was out there with no gloves on, oh. with just like some yoga pants. You, you two have, pairs of yoga pants, to be fair. Did leggings. You, oh, that's double, good. The leggings were doubled up. That'll insulate you. Did you have goggles? I did not. <laughs> no, oh, it's nighttime. It's one, nighttime. Well, one of the I'll staff members was like, where are your gloves? And I was like, look, yeah. the children have gloves, okay? Uh, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> I got everybody else's stuff, but my but stuff no, is another selfless. is another issue. Just because I don't use it very often, but we had we had a good time. One of my daughters was a little scared of the the nighttime snow tubing because it was. Uh, I'd be I, as a grown man. It was more old man. It yeah. was more than I thought it would be. It, I and I didn't really set the situation mm-hmm. up that well. It was just like we're going, bleh! and you had to hike up an icy hill with your tube to get. What is the, the tube itself now? What uh, are we talking yeah, about? It's like an inflatable. Basically like a lake-style inner tube, yeah. but with a plastic bottom on it. So oh, it's a right. little, it's, a, yeah. it's more heavy-duty. Yeah, it's yeah, heavier. Yeah. Yeah. And you got to drag it up this icy hill, which was very icy, yeah. given that it was 17 and a half degrees. Uh, and so we were falling all <laughs> over the place, trying to walk on the snow versus the ice. She's, she's almost face-planting. So... One of my daughters had a, a ton of ton, fun and just went straight down. The other one was like, Ugh, I don't know about this, man. I am cold. This is scary. At the top of the hill, she's like, I'm bailing. I'm, ba- I'm not doing oh, this. Oh, no. And I thought, oh, no, because you want, you want right. to set your kids up for success. And I realized that I had not created an environment in which. <laughs> it was an environment this, of terror. Yeah. It really was. It was dark. It was noisy. <laughs> and it was this big hill. She'd never done it before. Although she has sled, sledded okay, sure. in the past. Anyway. But it has a happy ending because the next day, I think to myself, 
Sure, it's nine degrees. It was nine degrees that morning. It's nine degrees. But they weren't checking the tags for the kid tubing all that closely. Uh, maybe I could take her up there. One more time. Maybe, this is like your bag tax thing. Like, yes. Maybe, maybe I could slide by. I decided to just be honest. I took her up to the hill and I said to the staff member, hey, I got one kid who didn't go last night. I know you're sold out. I would buy tickets if you weren't. But could I let her get one run? Like just one more try. And we went up the hill. Did she face plant in the ice one time on the way up? Yes. (laughs) Not her fault. The ice was crazy. It is nine degrees. But we got up there. We tied our tubes together and she made it down the hill and she did not hate it. She did not love it. But I was very proud of her. Hey, congratulations. <laughs> and then she feels like, hey, I did this. Yeah. And, right? pa- and now she's ready. I also was just reflecting on parenting is such a tricky thing. How do you how do you set how your kid up you for that? Them. And yeah. you don't yeah. always anticipate the things that might freak them out versus yeah. the things they'll love. Yeah. yeah. And at the end of the day, I was very proud of that accomplishment for the two oh, of us. Good. Perhaps more proud of anything else I did that week. Wonderful. <laughs> so it, it turned out nice. Wonderful. And uh, next time I'll bring gloves. That's that, right. that that was a mistake. Yeah, but when you're having fun, you don't notice that you're frostbitten. So. I feel like I do. I feel okay. like I do. <laughs> I, told, I told Steve, I was like, babe, if there is a nuclear winter, like a winter-style cold apocalypse uh-huh. versus a global warming uh-huh. apocalypse, which is really where, more in my wheelhouse, mm-hmm. leave me. I'm dead weight. <laughs> I, I can't. The snow is not my thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The cold. I can't do it. It's your anyway, North Carolina on. roots. It is. Yeah, it is. Right. I'm. I, yeah. Put me in the 98 yeah. degree heat, and I'll march with you. But that's not. Right. Not that's for right. this. That's right. Anyway, that's, right. that's what's going on. Okay. <laughs> and now I have ranting. We got to talk about Joe Rogan. Yes. Thick. <clears throat> Joe Rogan, as we talked about on the show yes. last week, very successful podcaster. Some 11 million downloads per episode. Per. Huge. I mean, we're a close second, okay? We hear it getting hammered. <laughs> with Almost our, there. Yeah. With, with our exemplary reviews from 115 it's and change. Us, yeah. Right. No, no. Uh, so huge, huge podcast. He does these long-form interviews with various people. And last year, Spotify, I think it was last year or 2020, Spotify, the music hosting streaming service, paid him $100 million to make his podcast exclusive to them. Mm-hmm. Since that time, there has been controversy, controversy, as the Brits say, controversy about the content of Joe yeah. Rogan's program and whether it should be hosted on Spotify. And now it's sort of sort of peaked into this, this, this big brouhaha with Neil Young saying, you got to get rid of Rogan or me. <laughs> and Neil Young ended up, ended up being the one that went. Then Joni Mitchell, mm-hmm. another, another boomer mm-hmm. artist, said, hey, not, do not appreciate this stuff. Uh, from Joe Rogan. The allegation, of course, is that he's spreading COVID misinformation by having most notably two doctors on who mm-hmm. who said things that the mainstream of scientists and doctors are like, we don't like that. Right. And one who is, you know, who is uh, partly responsible for mRNA. Yes. So. so at any rate, this is sort of building as these mobs often do. And the extent to which people cannot countenance a dude just interviewing people who say things that are different than your average Sunday show is driving me insane. That's right. Everybody needs to put on their big kid pants and understand 
that sometimes ha- people have different takes, and that is okay. Well, this is what's happening when, you know, people live in echo chambers, and this happens on both sides, but you hear something that is uh, what you perceive to be not cool, and you immediately move into the disinformation mode and right. say that this is wrong. We need to stop it because I can't hear this. I can't hear somebody who claims this to be, you know, and Rogan's asking questions, right? And, and maybe he needs to challenge them more. Okay, fine. But he's having them on. They're having a conversation and it's thought provoking. And you might, it, it might be considered misinformation now, but you give it a few more months. Well, and that is exactly the point that one Joe Rogan made. And I just want to... The hysteria of the critics is, and it is it's hysteria. up here, man. Yeah. And, and it's sort of fashionable to be like, well, I don't listen to Joe Rogan, but he's free to say what he wants. Like if that sort yeah. of tepid sure. support. I'm just going to say that Joe Rogan is good. He's mm-hmm. good at his job. He asks a lot of interesting people right. a lot of interesting questions. Now, does he do an in-the-moment fact check of every single thing they say? No, and I do not believe that that is realistic. For instance, he had Snoop Dogg on for three hours. I'm into that. I would like to listen to that conversation. I bet there's a lot of interesting stuff in it. If, and this is not, I don't think Snoop Dogg did this. If Snoop Dogg wanted to get into a discussion of, say, the benefits of CBD or medical marijuana, I don't know why he would want to talk about it. I have no idea either. Why would you pick him? Let's say he did. Is it Joe Rogan's duty to have medical marijuana peer-reviewed studies by his side Mm -hmm. so that he can refute anything? And say, aha! Who, Snoop Dogg, by the way, Obviously, an expert in this field. Yes, <laughs> right. A lot of hands-on. <laughs> a lot, yes, yeah. a lot of experimentation with himself. <laughs> so, so is it his duty to do that? And I say no. And if it becomes his duty to do that, then you end up with a lot of chilled speech and a lot of things mm-hmm. that he's not going to get into on the show, which I think is a loss. But here's Joe Rogan. I want. I do want to listen to him. Yeah. For a few minutes, because ask yourself if this is the unreasonable person in this argument friends i wanted to make a video to address some of the controversy that's been going on over the past few days and first of all to say thank you to everyone that sent love and support i truly truly appreciate it and it's been very nice to hear from you i wanted to make this video first of all because i think there's a lot of people that have a distorted perception of what i do maybe based on sound bites or based on headlines of articles that are disparaging let me address that a lot of people criticizing him have never listened to him. Um, the podcast has been accused of spreading dangerous misinformation, specifically about two episodes, a little bit about some other ones, but specifically about two. One with uh, Dr. Peter McCullough and one with Dr. Robert Malone. Dr. Peter McCullough is a cardiologist and he is the most published physician in his field in history. Dr. Robert Malone owns nine patents on the creation of mRNA vaccine technology and is at least partially responsible for the creation of the technology that led to mRNA vaccines. So is is the deal that we're not supposed to talk to these people? How dare you? This must be banned. And here's the thing. Eventually, again, they'll come around, for example, mm-hmm. when we talk about this all the time, uh, making the suggestion that just maybe this uh, virus was a man-made virus from China, from a laboratory in Wuhan. Wouldn't you know it? Joe Rogan makes that very point. Both these people are very highly credentialed 
very intelligent, very accomplished people, and they have an opinion that's different from the mainstream narrative. I wanted to hear what their opinion is. I had them on, and because of that, those episodes in particular, uh, those episodes were labeled as being dangerous. They had dangerous misinformation in them. The problem I have with the term misinformation, especially today, is that many of the things that we thought of as misinformation just a short while ago are now accepted as fact. Like, for instance, eight months ago, if you said, if you get vaccinated, you can still catch COVID and you can still spread COVID, you would be removed from social media. They would they would ban you from certain platforms. Now that's accepted as fact. If you said, I don't think cloth masks work, you would be banned from social media. Now that's openly and repeatedly stated on CNN. If you said, I think it's possible that COVID-19 came from a lab, you'd be banned from many social media platforms. Now that's on the cover of Newsweek. All of those theories that at one point in time were banned were openly discussed by those two men that I had on my podcast that have been accused of dangerous misinformation. Super unreasonable guy, this Joe Rogan. It's misinformation at the time. That's what it is. And he, he goes on to say... I wanted to hear them because they were outside the mainstream. Like, that's, mm-hmm. that's actually the point of How do we find this. out? How do we seek the truth if we don't ask these people more about yes. what we need to know? So he goes on to say, okay, Spotify, he appreciates Spotify's support in this. Uh, Spotify has said they'll put, like, COVID-19, ban- those COVID-19 banners Warnings. that they put on everything uh, that is controversial. He says, again... I encourage you, if you're if you're into this controversy, to check out his Instagram in this 10-minute video, which illustrates, I think, why he's so successful. He doesn't go after Neil Young or Joni Mitchell. In fact, says he was he's a Neil Young fan yeah. and uh, and doesn't bash either of them. Mm-hmm. He thanks Spotify. He says, well, maybe what we could do is book uh, book a more mainstream scientist or doctor right after I talk to this person who's outside the mainstream. Mm-hmm. So those are next mm-hmm. to each other. And that he wants to make sure that he's doing his research because he wants to make sure that he's getting things right. He then tells an entertaining story about his experience as a Neil Young fan. And then he closes up with like, look, I didn't know what this podcast was going to be, but it became this huge Mm -hmm. juggernaut. And I think this is an illustration of why Mm -hmm. it became the juggernaut. He's an Mm -hmm. interesting person. Mm -hmm. He's an interested person who likes to ask other people a bunch of questions. And By the way, that's how I feel about getting hammered. Tell your friends. (laughs) Exactly. Well, it's going to be a juggernaut for (laughs) sure. Um, But I think what annoys me is that the sort of elite media demands that this this person be hidden. First of all, if you kick him off Spotify, everyone will continue to listen to him and he'll Mm -hmm. just be on all of the podcast networks again. Mm -hmm. Um, This is a this is a viewpoint problem that they have. And I think a little bit of annoyance that he's this successful outside of mainstream media. But what really gets my goat is that the whole of the press corps who interviews about oh. 15 people total in their Rolodex, like, get me... Yeah, same you know, people all the time. Give me Carville, stat, right. right? All the time for the last 30 years on every major national political issue is now like, Joe Rogan really needs more differing voices. Yeah. Does he? Because he just interviewed back-to-back, I think, General McMaster and uh-huh. Carrot Top. <laughs> Would you like... Have at it, Chuck Todd. Yeah. I'd like to see that kind of differing opinion yeah. on that show. <laughs> it's uh, it's really quite something. The uh, the interesting thing is, one, I 
don't think Spotify is going to just walk away from $100 million because Neil Young and Joni Mitchell, you know, uh, told him to. And maybe there'll be other artists who uh, join. So um, the question is, how many more artists uh, are going to say, I'm also pulling out of Spotify and then it reaches critical mass, at least when it comes to social media? So it really is a race. It's a race. Uh, between the number of artists that they can rally, the other side can rally to say, oh, you know, get rid of this guy we don't agree with because he's wrong until rock, he's rock, not wrong. Rock stars for right. corporate censorship. Yeah, that's right. And then, and then on the other side is, of course, the race of coronavirus no longer being a pandemic but endemic, and you're seeing cases plummet. And just maybe the things that he's saying and the people that he has on might be right. And the other thing I want to say is it's rather rich for Neil Young to go after Joe Rogan about, quote-unquote, misinformation when he himself is responsible for a lot of misinformation when it came to things like genetically modified foods. Yes, the he's Daily been Beast. a GMO, yes. a crusader against yes. GMO. You know, there's a whole movement, you know, better dead than fed. And, and, and this has a profound impact in places like Africa. And with uh, Neil Young, the uh, Daily Beast did a whole piece on this. I recommend everybody to check that out. Apparently, Goop remains on Spotify. And oh, nobody's so- worried about the... The no, no backing no, for that. I think that's all scientifically sound. By the yeah. way, I, I I did one of their uh, uh, recommendations, which is why I'm walking funny. Oh, look okay. at you! <laughs> what does that mean? I don't know what that means. I'm just throwing it out there. It just, it's just yeah. A, I'm just trying to. It's just a thought. I, I, but you know, I said that for the ratings. Go ahead. You know who's walking away from? Who's threatening to maybe walk from Spotify? Oh, you're going to oh, be no. disappointed. Harry and Meghan. Harry <laughs> and Meghan, who have a some twenty five to thirty million dollar deal to make. A podcast, audio content for Spotify, uh, that was inked, I believe, in 2020 in a year through all of 20, mm. the end of 2020 mm-hmm. to the end of 2021. No content from Harry and Meghan. So they right now they have a holiday special up from 2020 that is 35 minutes long. So they've been paid roughly a million dollars per minute for <laughs> Why their content. Why doesn't this happen to us? I know. This is a great deal for their content. and they We'd t- even share with Alex. <laughs> and they tell... They tell Spotify, meet the moment on this controversy, or we might take our 35, 35 <laughs> minutes of work elsewhere. I'd tell you what. Let me tell you something. <sighs> Them, uh, Megan and Harry uh, threatening to uh, leave is like the Onion parody of, uh, you know, U.S. invades Iraq despite Sheryl Crow's protests. <laughs> it's, it's like that. Uh, I don't, I don't, I, do people still take them seriously? I I think so. Oh. How many other things can they leave? Well, they, <laughs> they just left the house leaving. of Windsor, which already that was it for me. I, I can't take you seriously now. You left the house of Windsor. Apparently, Spotify, they hired their own audio person and then Spotify hired a bunch of people to help them get audio going and still there's nothing there. So I, I said I'm sure I'm sure that they'll they'll share their thoughts with how to deal with this controversy on this empty slot where Archwell Studios is or whatever. You know what I heard? They were still waiting to get the proper microphones, Mm -hmm. the Yeti mics and the filters. Yeah, did we? They're just waiting for that. Otherwise, they're ready to go. Supply chains. Supply supply chain. chain. Otherwise, that's 30 million well spent. Uh, And one one last thought. Yeah. One last thought on this. If the problem is misinformation, and I know, thank you to our sponsor, Ivermectin. If... (laughs) Excuse me. <laughs> we're, we're turning into that podcast. Maybe yeah, we'll get right. as famous as Joe that's Rogan. Right. That's, how, that's how we're doing it. But if misinformation is the problem, again, and I know I've mentioned this on TV to many people's annoyance, and I've mentioned it here, Dr. Anthony Fauci has openly lied 
and admitted lying at least two times. Mm -hmm. Once about masks not Mm -hmm. being necessary. Mm -hmm. You don't have to take my word for it. This is fact-checked at Slate of all places. He thought it was a noble lie, but he said masks don't work in private emails. Mm -hmm. He said something different. And the idea was not to cause a panic or to get a bunch of uh, N95s bought up Mm -hmm. by everybody in March 2020 when medical professionals needed But it was not true, the thing that he was saying, or it didn't match his private communications, right? Then he moved the goalposts on herd immunity due to political concerns, due to polling about how many people were willing to get a vaccine. He, He changed his calculations based on that, not on science. And then third, we have FOIA emails in which... He and the head of the NIH talked together about how to tamp down the lab theory mm-hmm. theory, mm-hmm. the lab origin theory for COVID, which again is like hampering the debate. That's right. And not allowing us to actually get to the bottom of this mm-hmm. stuff. And if misinformation is the problem, mm-hmm. maybe the Washington Post shouldn't be doing a lifestyle piece this weekend that was like, Dr. Anthony Fauci is still fighting more than just the virus. Okay. Yeah, I didn't have the energy to read the Like, why profile, are those things not a problem? But yeah. Joe Rogan interviewing two doctors is a yeah, problem. that's right. By the way... you got to misinform in the right way, and then you're fine. <laughs> that's right, as it turns out. You know, the noble eye thing, by the way, reminds me of uh, the, uh, uh, the Weekly Standard's old uh, late art director, the late Levin Nesnevich, used to tell some crazy jokes. But one of the ones he used to tell was a... So- he was from the Soviet... He was, uh, he was uh, an emigre. And he used to say there was an old Soviet joke about what to do in case of nuclear attack. He says, wrap yourself in bed sheet and crawl to cemetery. He said, why crawl? Not to create panic. You know, and it's the same thing. So that's what, you know, Fauci is taking this all into account. By the way, you're going to think I'm kidding because this is so perfect. But in Twitter's What's Happening, like promoted events today, Mm -hmm. there's a story about a Japanese uh, pharmaceutical company that's doing uh, like sort of... um, lab tests of not in humans of ivermectin on COVID-19 and finding that it actually has some impact to which I say studying things is good and talking about Mm -hmm. them is fine Mm -hmm. I know that's a crazy crazy take Mm -hmm. no we can just study them and then if it turns out not to prove what we think then we'll just forget about it but if it does then the previous position is memory hold so anyway I think these long-form interviews are interesting. I don't want to have people's speech chilled so that Joe Rogan is like, well, here are the three topics we can discuss during the three hours because I want to hear Carrot Top's insanity and Snoop's and whatever doctor comes on the show. That's right. And sometimes, yes, that comes with risks of things that are not true being out there in the world. And you know what you can do? Engage with those things and write about them and talk about them and recommend other podcasts to people like Getting Hammered, for instance. Tell your friends. <laughs> anyway. Oh, what else do we got? Don't be babies, y'all. Don't be babies. You said that in an email, but you said it in a little bit I harsher said it, terms. I did. Yeah. I did. But that's, I do, that's the, you can only mention that on the subbeacon. I so. do get concerned that on the speech issues, people increasingly, adults act like children. Yeah. You do not need the media constellation cleansed for your benefit. You really don't. I believe in you. You know who else I believe in? Oh. There's a new candidate in New Jersey. Give it to me. Give it to me. <laughs> no, this is a getting hammered story if there ever was yeah. one. Again, I know we're becoming that podcast. 
there's a there's a gym owner now famous slash infamous for not having closed his gym during right. New Jersey right. lockdown. Defiant. The Attilus gym. And the the owner is a I thought it was Atlas. Was is, it Atlas? No, I think, I think it's Atlas. Okay, I missed uh, that. The owner is a appropriately yoked, just mm-hmm. <laughs> gigantic bearded dude yeah. uh, named Ian Smith, who's been openly, loudly anti-lockdown mm-hmm. and is anti-other things as, as he should be as well. So, so uh, a controversial figure who has been racking up some 15k, I think, per day in violations. Oh. Since this all began, uh, yeah. of course, there's GoFundMe's and stuff to help mm-hmm. him out, but, but his his fines are up in the millions. They've uh, they've gotten probation at one point, mm-hmm. but not actually. I don't think been thrown in mm-hmm. jail at all. At one point, the two owners of the gym knocked down the doors to the gym because mm-hmm. law enforcement had come to lock them out of their gym. They have had people in there the entirety of the pandemic. That's right. Which is important to me. I like I like an open gym. Mm-hmm. I was mad they closed them, often maskless. They claim there are no outbreaks that you can tra- trace to this gym. I and I'm, it. I'm inclined to believe it, if only because I'm pretty sure the New Jersey governor would have trumpeted anything oh, yeah. that came out of there oh, yeah. at this point. Well, that man is running for Congress. And do you know who's going to handle his campaign? I actually don't know. The same guy who handled the campaign of the dude oh, who <laughs> beat the Senate president. Ed Doerr. Yes. Ed the truck driver. Yep. Oh, that is fantastic! So, so these are these are the two uh, the two based based working based. class based. Yes, it's based. <laughs> uh, I would say you know never you can never overestimate the importance of a gym in New Jersey. I mean, uh, you know, hub of the community. Let me tell you, uh, when I'm up in Jersey, you can't do tanning and laundry without gym. In no, there. you did. That's right. That's right. <laughs> it's all three. When uh, I go up to Jersey, I will. Sometimes if I'm there long enough, I will go to the local gym, and it is quite the spectacle. And the machinery isn't even You're that right, great. You're right. It is Atlas. I'm sorry. Oh, Atlas. My reading comprehension yeah, is okay. an issue. Go ahead. And uh, so they, take, they love gyms. And this guy is a real hero to all those people, which means there's a lot of people. The other interesting thing is, so he wants to run for Congress. This is the third congressional district, which has recently been redistricted. He would have had a much better shot. Uh, prior to this because it included extremely pro-Republican, pro-Trump Ocean County. It is now out of that equation. But the congressman, the incumbent Democrat, is Andy Kim, and he's now served a couple terms. He still has a pretty good shot because of the mood, and we saw how close uh, Governor Murphy was to losing in that last race. So he's up there. There are a bunch of targeted Republicans in the Garden State, including Tom Malinowski and Josh Gottheimer, and uh, to a certain extent, Andy Kim. So, uh, you know, if Ed Doerr can pull it off in <laughs> Gloucester, Salem County, down in the lower, well, you know, part of the state, then I think that uh, uh, Ian Smith might have a chance to. Smith, Smith certainly has name ID, right? Yeah. And I, and yeah, I think energy. That's key. He also, and this is this is a sort of a double-edged sword here, but he puts all his oppo out there. Like, yeah. wh- whatever yeah. he thinks is already on the internet documented. That's so right. when they come at him, there will be plenty to come at him with. And he's like, yeah, I said that like nine times. Yeah. I say that all the time. I say that once a yeah, week. Yeah, yeah. There's not going to be a surprise. So either you like him or you hate him. But yeah. Oh, it's going to be. Good for him. I think that should be his slogan. You can't do tanning and laundry without Jim. <laughs> right? There you go. That's that's how you get votes that's right. in New Jersey. I don't really know, but I assume that's how you get votes. That is. Jersey. My whole thing was I always wanted to push Jersey politicians to change the name of the state from the guard state to the diner state. <laughs> 
I like it. I'm still working on it. I would go for that. Thank I don't need you. a garden. No, I need I, a diner. I need a diner. <laughs> Absolutely. Also, no one really believes Garden State. They're like, Yee. yeah, no, that was colonial. Yeah, that's it's a like, colonial it thing. It feels, it feels uh, a basket, a bread basket. Feels not on brand. Yeah. Although I know there are the green southern parts part. yes, of New Jersey. Yes, Vineland, that area. I have been know. told. Yes. But well, I've, it is. It's just I've blueberries, seen, a lot of blueberries and I've corn seen more of and the, tomatoes. I've seen blueberry pancakes. I've seen more of the diner scene <laughs> yes. than the yes. farmland. The home of disco fries. We have an update on SCOTUS. Uh-oh. Supreme Court, remember, you'll remember that Supreme Court Justice Stephen Breyer, uh, in his 80s, is retiring. He announced it last Thursday, but it was announced before that via a leak to the press, which I found unseemly. I know I should put my hasty. Big girl pants it was on. a it's, hasty announcement. Yes, so it was leaked to the press. Then he sort of sped up his announcement. In all likelihood, the the reports are that he was upset by the way this went down. Normally, Supreme Court justices uh, step down at the end of a term, which would be yes. June. Yes, correct. That's right. Um, now the word on the street, word on the street, from Senator Dick Durbin, who was one of the first to get this news, is that White House Chief of Staff Ron Klain leaked it to a couple people on Capitol Hill, mm. and within two hours, it was in the national news. Yeah. Somebody somebody spread that one, even though he was told to keep it secret. Told to see, uh, and, and was that a told to keep it secret? Wink, wink, wink nudge, <laughs> nudge. Uh, but Durbin says, rightly, that's what confidential on Capitol Hill leads to, I guess. Yeah. Oh, well. Shrug of the shoulders, but here's some good news. So... Um, Last time we spoke about this, I was like, well, you don't know. Maybe it happened that way. So we now we definitely know it happened that way. And it is a rather sad but fitting bookend yeah. for Stephen Breyer, who's, you know, his uh, announcement by Clinton many, many, many years ago, uh, was that was also a premature announcement where Breyer wasn't there for it. And so he had <laughs> to come in for a second announcement. And then... I, don't, uh, I didn't know that. I learned this from commentary, by the way. And then, uh, and then now, of course, on his way out the door, same thing. Oh, by the way. And it turns out nobody likes Stephen Breyer on his way in, on his way out. He got overshadowed by Sotomayor. So uh, I guess thanks for the memories. Oh, well, here's the interesting thing, though, Mary Catherine, which is he made the announcement that he wants to step down at the end of his term. Right. Uh, but he also said that he wants to, he will step down when the new Supreme Court uh, nominee is confirmed. But if the Democrats decide to push that through early, then he could have oh. an early exit. It's complicated, so we don't know. You know what? I don't know what the I don't know what the perfect formula is. I don't I don't know what the magic spell is. Speaking of magic, yeah. Oh, hey, how about that? <laughs> magic Johnson. Oh. <laughs> At Magic, yes. Yeah, you got it. You got it. You're tracking with me. Magic Johnson was at the playoff games this week in L.A., the NFL playoff game. The Mm -hmm. uh, Now I'm going to forget. The less exciting one. Yeah. It was the Rams-Niners. Rams-Niners. Quarterbacked uh, the Rams by a University of Georgia Bulldog. Yes, of course. Matt Stafford. uh, Year of the dog. Anyway, (laughs) Magic Johnson is at this game hanging out with a bunch of other celebrities. And of course, among the celebrities are political celebrities, mayor of LA, Eric mm-hmm. Garcetti, and governor of the state, Gavin Newsom. And I believe also San Francisco mayor, London, London Breed. Breed. Yes. They're all in the suites, in the indoor suites. And Rob Lowe, who I like. But, oh, uh, I know. Yeah. Okay. But see, Rob, we'll, get, okay, to we'll get to that. Hanging out, hanging out <laughs> together in the indoor suites. Did they have masks on? Vic. Not on their faces. <laughs> No, <laughs> some of them had them in hand or in their pockets sticking out or whatnot, but no. And are they making the argument that it's an open air thing? Was the roof retracted? What's the excuse? Well, regardless 
of the, I think the the argument they're making, and Newsom said explicitly, is I he, he said I was very judicious. As it relates to, you're correct, I was very judicious yesterday, uh, very judicious. And you'll see the photo that I did take um, where Magic was kind enough, generous enough to ask me for a photograph. And in my left hand's the mask, and I took a photo. Uh, the rest of the time, I wore it, uh, as we all should. Um, That's not true. And he's he on, his, he he's on breath. He's on video hugging people without his mask on. Oh. He's on video just watching the game without his mask on. Of course. Now, the reason for this is not that he wants to wantonly spread COVID. The reason for this is that the people who make the rules about preventing the spread of COVID don't actually believe those rules That's are it. necessary. They don't believe that they are unsafe. You can see it in the pictures. They're all having a grand time. While in this county, the county in which this stadium is, mm -hmm. And these guys are gallivanting inside a suite, a small suite, indoors with their masks off. Children must be masked with a nose wire mask in and outdoors all day at school. Six hours or so. Ex make it make sense. Make it make sense. <laughs> well, I mean, again, it's it, as you mentioned, it's the hypocrisy because we're not saying how dare you do this because you can spread it. Right? No, have We're, at it, man. No. Just get rid of the rules for everybody else. That's exactly it. Enjoy can't, yourself. Can't you do that? Can't you just admit that, you know, I mean, how many times have these politicians been caught before without masks? All of them. Well, and somebody noted, you know, what do the same thing you would do to school children, which is they get suspended. So oh, somebody right. said anybody who was high profile without their mask on should live by their own rules and get their Super Bowl tickets revoked. Because that is, of course, in L.A. as well. It's going to be something because, of they course, Super Bowl is coming up. They should have moved that sucker to Texas, man. We talked about it, but we didn't talk about it enough in order to make it happen. Oh, That's what happened. we should have been mm -hmm. activists. No, we'd be at the AT&T Stadium in Dallas right now. But uh, we should have done more outside of Dallas. Welcome, Yeah, welcome to Arlington, Texas. That's right. They, Arlington, they, they, Texas. There you go. No, I mean, again, and Gavin Newsom is like the worst offender. I mean, the whole thing with the French laundry. And there's always an excuse well, for not wearing the mask. And to be fair to him... Voters were like, yeah, it's all right with us. And, they, you know, he survived the recall. He survived the recall. He views the recall as a mandate and yes. I think thinks he can do whatever he yes. wants, which is likely true. But the rest of us can be like, dude, dude. And I've said this before. How much can Californians take? When is enough is enough? When is when it, when is enough enough? What do you think? Uh, I, I'm not sure that Californians are extracting themselves from this. Uh. I think, no, I, I think that they can... In these localities, they can go after. It helps that the mayors were mm -hmm. there too. So you, on a city city level, closer to home, you can be like, "Hey, <laughs> yeah. you have the children masking outdoors, and here you are inside a suite, which are not famously large, mm -hmm. not a lot, of, not the the best of no. high ceilings and ventilation in in a luxury yeah. suite at a football game. Just having the the time of your life, and the reason you're doing that is because it's not it's not unsafe. Yes, you're fine." The children are fine, too. I have a piece, by the way, in the Daily Beast about that. We can link it in the show notes, maybe. Can we do that, Excellent. Alex? Awesome. And last, we have to, we have to close this out with some mm -hmm. food. By the yeah, way, but, <laughs> but what? Not an uplifting story, but it no, is no, about food. But first, but first, let me say that all New Year's resolutions go out the door when you walk in this office mm -hmm. because Vic Mattis has supplied everybody like a dealer with... Girl Scout cookies. And I have sitting on my plate over here one of the Adventure legendary Fools. Adventurefuls. Yes, I've been pushing those. Apparently hard to get. Yes. 
I'm excited to try mm-hmm. the caramel cream with some salt. Mm-hmm. Try it live. Get the crunch in the microphone. Oh, yeah, good, good. I feel like people hate that. Let me hear it. I don't. Let me hear it and I'll talk. Crunch. Yeah, okay, go if ahead. you guys hate it, don't tweet. Don't at me. Oh, my. Mm. Yes. Live react. I want more caramel. <laughs> but good. Yes. Good. Yes. It, I think I think that one might be here to stay. It'll be, I think that'll be there for next year's I think batch. anything with sea salt and chocolate That's people are into thing. right now. That's the thing. But they didn't have as much caramel as they... Because, they, you know, what's one of the selling points is the caramel. So. By the way, they're laughing at me because I did spill some cookie as ah, I was biting it. It's okay. It, you know, it's all right. No, yeah, I came in. I'm I hurt a child. My, in fact, I hurt my back carrying the bags. <laughs> I pulled my, you know, and I, many, many years ago, I had, uh, I had a ruptured disc. So I'm scared now. Oh, no. That I could have... I could have re-ruptured a disc, an L5-S1 disc, because of the Adventurefuls. Yes, you have to be careful. Big. There are some huge orders here, by the way. Well. And I go around, and it's like it's like the wire when I'm thinking, Thin Mints, <laughs> WMD, <laughs> Pandemic. Sorry. They're all, pandemic. They're all yes. here for the okay. taking. So I have two, I have two mm-hmm. cookies for myself over here. Glad to try the new one. But That's the happy story. Yeah. <laughs> in other news, in Philadelphia, mm-hmm. there was a ben giant Salem. brawl Friday night. A Friday night turned into a melee at a Golden Corral restaurant. Now police are trying to figure out how it started. A former employee at the restaurant says he was told the fight may have happened after a a customer became enraged when the buffet ran out of steak. (laughs) That's horrible. It's horrible. It's it's I've never seen I've never seen nothing like that in the Golden Corral before. (laughs) Former employee Dylan Becker said. Here's my question. Yes. Is Golden Corral steak worth this? No, it's not. Okay. Have I been to a Golden Corral steak? No. I've, I mean, have I, have I been to Golden Corral? No. I've been, to, I've been to a country buffet. I've been to many buffets. And growing up, we went to Ponderosa and Bonanza. And even those steaks were questionable. You know, they're, they're like half steaks. Right. They're thinner or you get a T-bone. You're not going to get a porterhouse. It's a T-bone, right? So yeah. I like a Golden Corral steak. There's just not because the only reason why I haven't been is just because there's not one near me. It's well, not it's, because I would tr- I love Arby's. I mean, it's just you know? like the the okay. other buffet yeah. style places. But I I like I put steaks in two different categories. Like if I'm going to Morton's, obviously I'm having different style of yes. steak. But a Waffle House like fast steak and eggs, uh-huh. I uh-huh. enjoy that. Uh-huh. I like a Golden Corral steak. I like the little flag they put in it that tells me medium or rare. <laughs> Those little plastic '80s and flags. How is, so, and how is it? Uh, they're, really good. they're good. They're, but this they're is what, juicy. So this is a, it's, it's now, a steak buffet. So it's like a pile of steaks. Well, so this part I'm not sure about because when I used to go to the Golden Corral, you had to order your steak and then you would mm-hmm. go to the buffet mm-hmm. to get the rest of the things. Now uh, the rest of the buffet is wonderful. Yeah. You could have pizza. You could have ice cream. You can have gummy bears. You can have three kinds of do they have, bread. Do they have like fried chicken and wings? Yes, because that's what I would get. That's the only thing I get would things. be fried chicken. And fried oh, shrimp. you would you would have Anything real fried. trouble yeah. pacing yourself at the Golden oh Corral. Oh my gosh, I love. I am that so much. quite familiar with the Golden Corral because as a child, my best friend, my entire childhood, every year on her birthday, May second, we would all, and I kid you not, dress up and go to the Golden Corral, yeah, and it was wonderful. considered a very big deal. A big deal to do that. We would put on dresses, and we would go to the Golden Corral, and I would order my little steak. And get it with the flag in it and have a giant ice cream sundae at the end. And it was fantastic. That sounds wonderful. We should now, do, would people I should dress up more going to the restaurant, <laughs> even if it's... Would I brawl yeah. for it? I don't know. Uh-huh. I don't know. But look, this is what happens when we have supply chain issues, yeah. Vic. Uh, if somebody is not here to fix this, uh-huh. we're going to have more of the brawling. That would be me if it was wings. 
hot wings or fried chicken, anything like that. Yeah, that's, I, that's I, a good question. What are you willing to throw yeah, down for? And I, I live for that because, again, when you get a fried chicken, the, the, the skin itself, it's like two meals in one. You get the actual chicken, but you get the crispy skin on the side. Do you know what I do? Uh, yeah. Which is, this is obscene. We have we eat sort of low-carb generally. That's mm. that's mm-hmm. the thing in our household yes. to keep things sort of under control. Yeah. Uh, Adventureful's not on that particular diet. Uh, I'm not super strict about it, but you can make fried chicken breaded with, wait for it, crushed up pork rinds. Wow. And that, my friends, is low carb fried chicken in the air fryer, and it's awesome. Because pork rinds themselves are very healthy. It's a great source of protein. The fat has been rendered. Yeah. So you can you can eat it guilt-free, and it's crunchy. It gives you something to eat and quite tasty. Yeah, this is what the low carb people do for chips. They you know love the, the pork rinds is, is where we go. And it turns out you can just buy buckets of them crushed up so that you can bread things in them. You know, on uh, on Sunday, I was at Bob and Edith's, which is a local diner, and I had uh, I had the country fried steak with sausage gravy nice. and a side of angioplasty. It was really good. But what <laughs> this, I this is by the, they're gonna slap a warning on this one. <laughs> like, do, not, should, do not do not listen to these people about diets. Talk about misinformation. <laughs> I'm all misinformation when it comes to what to eat. And I'll tell you this, though. Next time I, next time I see you guys, next time I see Steve, I'm going to ask him for, uh, for dinner. I'm going to ask if he can make some teriyaki steak. That's what I'm going to we'll ask do. him. And he can chop it up. We'll do it. The nearest Golden Corral is over in Maryland. Yeah, uh, far from I think, But I think we could do getting hammered special at the Golden Corral. <laughs> Record from live from the Golden there's Corral. There's a lot there's a lot to be said. Can I say real that. quick about the uh, Bob and Edith's, which is, which yeah. is a local diner that yes, has a couple is. of uh, a couple Ooh, of locations in the area. Mm-hmm. When I was first in town or a year or so after I got to DC, um, Ronald Reagan passed away. Yes. And he uh, they had him lying in state at the Capitol. And a friend of mine cuz we were young and fancy free back then, we decided Let's go stand in line to see Ronald Reagan at the Capitol, but let's do it at like 11 p.m. because who's going to be out there for that? Well, it turns out, I don't know if you know this, Ronald Reagan, much beloved. (laughs) You wouldn't know it around here, but much beloved. Very, very beloved dude. And we go, I shouldn't call Ronald Reagan a dude, I'm sorry. Um, He would have liked that. we We go and stand in line, and the line is way back on the mall. I mean, like just a mile down the mall and we're switch, switching back and forth like a Disney line for a full six or seven hours to get wow. into the Capitol. But it was a sunk cost situation because once yeah, we've been there, there for two yeah, hours, no, we're you, like, you can't leave well, now. we can't leave now you and we got to gotta just to stick it out. It. We did not imagine that it would take six or seven hours. But we, when we finally got into the Capitol at 6 a.m., we got to see the changing of the guard because it happened on the hour. So we did get a really nice experience and we got to see that and then afterwards i will forever remember had the greatest breakfast of my lifetime at bob and edith's we were so tired it was such a ridiculous night and we went and ate at uh, bob and edith's we also this is my friend emily and i we also saw margaret thatcher come into the heritage foundation and she gave a little gave a little speech on behalf of ronnie ronnie yes of course good friends they were it was big it was a big week for me for young mk and if you have a choice at Bob and Edith's and they ask you for um, home fries or hash browns, hash browns. Go hash browns. Get the crispy. On that note, that wraps up another edition of Getting Hammered. Remember, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Please tell your friends, leave a nice review, and you can follow me on Twitter at Victorina Mattis. Thank you for being here with us for all our quote-unquote misinformation. 
eat more bacon. It's good for you. <laughs> I'm Mary Catherine Ham. This has been a Nebulous Media Podcast. <laughs>